Yeah, I want to ride that wave. I want to take that drop. Not gonna happen. Why not? Because untrained boys don't step in the ring with Mike Tyson, that's why. Right now I'm surfing every single day, right? So if Shut I Shut up, all right? Now, I know how good you are. I've seen you out there. You surf circles around those other kids. But those are normal waves. Surfing normal waves is about how you perform when everything goes right. A big wave surfing, that's a different ball game. That's about how you perform when everything goes wrong. Open up with that clip from a movie called Chasing Mavericks. You know, uh, you know, regular surfing, regular being the president is about how you react when everything's going right. Big wave surfing, being the president today, is about how you perform when everything's going wrong. And I think watching President Trump is watching. We're we're getting a we're getting a view of true leadership, true leadership with everything going hitting him from every different uh, every different uh, direction. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's artwork. I use that clip. Uh, that I use the opening is uh, Bill Withers. Use me. Uh, we lost Bill Withers this week. Age eighty one. Uh, I'll use another. I'll use another one of his songs at the beginning of part two. Uh, but you know, in addition to uh, losing Bill Withers, we also who was eighty one. We also lost a guy named Adam Schlesinger, which a lot of people isn't a household name. We lost him to the coronavirus on Wednesday. He's uh, he's famous for writing songs like this one. And of course, there's uh, another another little piece of artwork he did was a uh, being a member of a band called Fountains of Wayne in the '90s when they came out with this song. That's uh, I like to change the name from Stacy to Casey. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, Don and I have three kids, Brett, Ryan, and Casey, and uh, Casey, our daughter. So I always thought, thought, hey, Casey's mom has got it going on. It was a tribute to my wife, Don. So anyway, hey, uh, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on, going on, and I got a lot to talk about in a short period of time. So let's get right to it. Let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855 640 
2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. You don't want to talk on the phone, but you want to get your message into me, go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, and you'll go to my lender page. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from me or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you want to hear any part of this show repeated, you can get it on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as, as, well as several past shows and download them and uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can actually subscribe for free, have it download to your to your uh, your computer, your phone, anything that you can listen to podcasts on. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And the Facebook page for uh, the main event is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. So it's been a while since uh, we've heard from this week's guest, Mitt Sandrew. Last week, uh, last time was um, about 11 months ago. We talked about his escape from communism, which is also the name of his book. Uh, decades ago when he was a teenager, I thought we should have him back to talk about the coronavirus outbreak from his unique perspective, not just because he's lived through the so through socialism, but also because he was traveling abroad when the outbreak hit. Mitt, welcome back to the main event. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so apparently from uh, January 3rd, you got on a cruise ship for 78 days. We were on the cruise ship here for 78 days. So you went to uh, England, Portugal, Morocco, Africa, India, Egypt. Uh, where yeah. were you when you first heard about the coronavirus outbreak, and how did, how did you get the news? Well, uh, this ship did not have good satellite uh, communication, so we couldn't watch really the news on TV. Uh, but we had a uh, printed paper that uh, gave us the highlights of what was happening in the world. Uh, and uh, about... Um, the end of uh, January, when we were around uh, uh, South Africa, uh, we heard about uh, the fact that there was a, uh, a virus uh, starting in China. And at that time, it did not spread yet uh, into Europe. Um, so mostly uh, Asia was affected, Southeast Asia was affected. As we approach then Zanzibar and Mombasa on the African coast, they start checking our temperature. Um, I think in Zanzibar, they, they check the temperature of the entire ship, not only the people disembarking. And, and, and how did you, how'd you get through that? 98.6? Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody was fine. Um, our uh, least worry was to catch the flu because we didn't get near China. Um, um, even, I mean, in Sri Lanka and India, where, again, they took our temperature, there, there didn't seem to be any pa panic on the officials or anything like that, but they were cautious uh, to prevent, uh, in case we were sick, to prevent the virus to, for spreading over there. And uh, it, it, all this checking happened all the way to Jordan in the port of Aqaba, which was our last uh, port of call. So uh, there was no travel ban yet when you're already already abroad. So you how did you first start feeling the impact during your trip? Um, I heard they canceled some of your ports. Uh, well, yes. Um, by uh, early March, um, after Aqaba in Jordan, Israel closed their uh, uh, their borders uh, after it crossed through the Suez Canal. Then we continued mm -hmm. to Malta. Uh, what we su were supposed to, no, we were supposed to stop, but then they allowed us to stop only for supplies, and even that got canceled. 
and continued to Gibraltar, uh, which was closed, and Spain, which was closed. And then we headed uh, back uh, home to Bristol. So we were at sea for 12 days. Nobody was sick. Everybody was doing fine. Um, at the time, uh, the entire EU and United States has closed borders, except for UK. And we were praying that we were going to arrive in UK before they closed their borders and not be quarantined on the ship. So that didn't happen. We arrived uh, in Bristol. Um, we disembarked. Nobody took our temperature, unlike previously in other ports. Or maybe they checked with the doctor and they found out that everybody was wealthy, uh, healthy. I'm sorry. Uh, and then uh, we took a taxi to Heathrow. We managed to get the uh, next day a flight uh, with Virgin Atlantic to L.A. And uh, when we got to L.A., uh, again, nobody was waiting, taking our temperature or anything like that. So we got our dry, uh, ride and we got home and we're fine. So uh, is it true that you encountered pirates near Somalia? Yeah. I think uh, in Mumbai, security forces embarked our ship. And these were, uh, I think these were military because uh, they disembarked close to uh, uh, American, uh, uh, um, how say, American military uh, in, uh, in somewhere in Somalia, uh, no, north of Somalia, in Sudan. Uh, and they were on board, and uh, the captain ordered us to all of us to go in, inward of the ship not to hang around on the decks or even to look outside to the windows. Uh, well, we'd look outside to the windows, and these two, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, one, one high-speed boat crossed our path, and it was, uh, actually, I took pictures. Uh, someone else took pictures, and I took pictures from them. Uh, it was visible that they had guns. And I think that probably either the, our security forces waved their guns or pointed their laser tracker at them, and they, they took off, so they didn't bother us. Very so it was good to have security forces, yeah. That was the highlight of the day. All right. Well, I guess if you have to be at sea for 12 days in a row, um, <laughs> That's right. you, you, need some, you need some excitement to come along. So uh, let's switch gears. Uh, you're someone I always look to for an opinion on socialism. You're back home yep. in the United States, and you're feeling the same effects as the rest of us. How does what we're going through right now as Americans resemble socialism? Okay. Okay, folks. Remember this time. That's what's going to happen under socialists. Empty shelves and no toilet paper either. Uh, I couldn't believe when I went to Costco uh, that there was a line around the, the building. Of course, they were parceling the, uh, the people in, so they didn't have a big crowd that they usually have. And again, it reminded me back in, in the old country under communists, long lines around the stores. Um, now, the thing is that there is no problem with capitalists or the free market, but with the unexpected surge in buying. So, uh, of course, people hoard, uh, and, and I, I buy extra in case of emergency like everybody else. You cannot say, I'll buy only one roll of toilet because tomorrow I'll go and get another one. You may not find it. So uh, the thing is that that's the reason there's shortages because of this surge in buy. And like in the free market, uh, which they're going to replace all these supplies in, uh, in, in a short time, uh, under socialists, uh, the, uh, some party member bureaucrat decides how much, for example, toilet paper the public needs. So they put an order for so much, and if they run out of it, well, they run out of it. 
Well, because people are used to shortages, they hold, hold, uh, hold anything they find in the stores. So it is a continuous shortage because you never know when you're going to find anything uh, in the stores. So um, now let's look at this. Uh, toilet paper is a basic necessity, okay? So what did the people do back there without uh, toilet paper? Of course, they found it once in a while, but not in, uh, in, in the supply needed. Well, guess what? They used the newspapers, which were abundant to inform people how good they had it. And the people bought the red banner or the hammer and sickle, you know, the typical communist uh, titles newspapers, and happily wiped their asses with the socialist propaganda. So that's what they used for toilet paper. Very insanitary, but that's the fact of socialism. Okay, so... Uh, how about, how about the what, uh, other what, things besides toilet paper? Anything else. You couldn't find anything else. I mean, if you didn't buy bread uh, in the morning, you, by 5 o'clock, it was gone. Meat was available once a week, maybe, if you were lucky. But regarding the toilet paper, you know, that was back then. But let's, let's say what's going on right now. Let's take socialist Venezuela. I read an article, uh, which was obviously written by one of those fake news uh, correspondents, uh, who says, who discover why Venezuela doesn't have toilet paper. Believe it or not, even in today's times in a socialist country, you don't have toilet paper. So he found out that the culprit was the capitalist toilet paper manufacturer. They sold their toilet paper abroad to Colombia and other countries. So you see, that's why uh, Venezuela doesn't have toilet paper. Now, this moron correspondent, what they didn't say was that the manufacturer, the cost for Pope to make the toilet paper was higher than the uh, prices he could sell it in the market because Maduro government froze the prices for a lot of uh, commodities uh, uh, in Venezuela. So the manufacturers cannot produce them and sell them because they're going to go out of business. So the only way to stay in business was to sell their TP outside the country. But nobody thinks in these terms, they only point a finger at who's the problem. Well, the problem is socialist and Maduro's government. Yes, so, so people, it, people don't, understand, don't understand that uh, the free market, the free market, how people buy, how people react, what it costs to do things. The free market always levels itself out. It always, exactly. you know, it, it always works. And exactly. whenever, you, whenever you step in to, to uh, manipulate it, it throws the whole throws the whole world off. Absolutely, and that's what happened in Venezuela, Cuba. Now they have uh, coupons to buy food because uh, Venezuela uh, it's out. They cannot supply them with oil, for which oil they sold. Cubans uh, sold it to buy food. Now they don't have that source of income. You know, Cubans always sponge from everybody else in the world to survive, and now uh, again they have shortages, as usually as it happens under socialists. Amazing, amazing, and people and people are people that are supporting Bernie, uh, that are supporting Bernie. They just they they think everything's going to be fine and and dandy there. Hey, everything's going to be free, and they're in for a rude awakening if uh, if Bernie Sanders was ever going to get to that. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second. But first, your your time in England. I understand you had some insight on how uh, British people view the the EU, the European Union. And uh, Prime Minister Prime Minister Boris Johnson and their socialized medical system. Yeah, uh, usually when I go on cruises, I talk to foreign citizens, and uh, I want to find out how what they think about their country, their politics, and everything else. And uh, 
I asked them about the EU and leaving the EU, and most of them wanted to leave the EU. They, they really felt exploited and invaded by foreigners. And uh, I asked them about uh, if they voted for Boris Johnson, and some of them said, uh, some of them which said, some, oh, let me put it this way. Some of them said we have no choice but to vote for Boris Johnson to get out of this mess with the Brexit uh, stalemate. So the uh, British people were fed up with all these uh, political uh, stalemate over the, uh, the, Brexit, uh, uh, the Brexit. Now, uh, a lot of people in the uh, UK get their news about America from CNN. And, of course, they have a bad uh, uh, feeling about Donald Trump. He got, he got a bad name. And uh, I mentioned that uh, the stock market does very well since he took the presidency. And this lady, which, uh, to me, she looked like she was a leftist. She says, yeah, but how about the poor and the unemployed? Well, I said, we have the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. That was such a news to her, she couldn't believe it. Obviously, CNN is not mentioning that fact, only the bad things about Donald Trump. So clearly, that's the kind clearly. of feeling I had. Yeah, that's the kind of feelings I have. Uh, they were kind of feeling sorry for, for me with Donald Trump. And I said, what for? I, <laughs> everything is, is good. So Yeah, things are better now than they've of, been in, uh, in, in our rem- are the, the, the past that we can remember. Exactly. Exactly. And all this uh, uh, coronavirus is going to pass. And uh, I'm not sure if it's a good test case for China to see how they're going to ruin Western uh, civilization. But now we can see in real life what's going going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, so let's uh, initially we were going to have you on and talk about. Uh, what we should pre- prepare for if Bernie Sanders was the Democrat nominee. Now it looks like the nominee is going to be uh, Dementia Joe uh, Biden, except Biden is trying to sound more and, le- more and more like Bernie Sanders all the time. He has his own Green New Deal. He's talking about free college. When you see a moderate like Biden moving towards socialism to engage the Bernie supporters, you know, what do you think? God help us. Uh, <laughs> and I say in tongue in cheek. Now, here's the, let me let me. Uh, start with uh, Bernie Sanders. I'm in the middle of writing a new book uh, called Hitler Was a Socialist. Hitler was not a fascist. That was a big lie. So you think, well, how would I dare to say such things? You know, Bernie Sanders and Adolf Hitler saying eye to eye when it comes to socialism? Well, they do. So what I'd like to do is to quote some of the things Hitler said, Bernie Sanders said, and Elizabeth Warren. Now, Hitler said, one thing raises itself above them all. The World Stock Exchange was become, has become the master of the people. Capital is not the master of the state, but its servant. That's what Hitler said. Now, here's what Bernie says. The reality is that fraud is the business model of Wall Street. The fact the greed of Wall Street and corporate America is destroying the very fabric of our nation. And that's if that is, if Wall Street does not end its greed, we will end it for them. And Elizabeth Warner, take on the Wall Street so that the big banks can never again threaten the security of our economy. These are just the three samples of what Hitler said and what our socialists say here. 
And, and you know course, what uh, I saw? It's a subject uh, in itself, but I just want to make the parallel of, of how how hilarious it is that they call, uh, to see Bernie Sanders in reality is nothing else but Adolf Hitler is Bernie Sanders and vice versa. Yeah, I saw Alan Greenspan speak uh, in 2011, I think it was, and uh, and someone asked him, it might have been 2008, it was somewhere, somewhere right after the, the meltdown, and somebody asked him, how do you, how do we uh, ensure that we don't go through this kind of thing again? And Alan Greenspan's uh, comments were, fraud and corruption are a byproduct of our freedoms. And in order to, in order to ensure that we never have this kind of thing happen again, we have to take away our freedom. So we have to, we have to find a middle ground where we still allow Americans to be free and have the freedoms that we have without, without tightening regulations so much that uh, we have to, if we tighten the regulations too much, we'll lose our freedom as opposed to just ensure against uh, corruption. So it's, it's exactly. kind of there and people need to understand that's, that's human relation. It's human behavior. Yes. Government control means lack of uh, loss of freedom. And if let's say Biden gets elected, uh, in my opinion, I think the, the stock market will crash. And after that, we're either going to have hyperinflation or stagflation because she's going to kill all the jobs there are today for this Green Deal stuff. And, uh, you know, Medicare for all. Uh, aside from all the money, where the money will come from, um, the problem is that the Medicare for all will be run by the government. Well, look what happened with the VA health system. They couldn't manage that, that part of it. And uh, I talked to other people in, in UK and Canada about their social medical system. And uh, one fellow in the UK told me that uh, their health care system is the best in the world. People come from all over the world in the UK to, for medical help. And I said, well, that's nice. But uh, I read in a, uh, in a paper that hospitals are so overcrowded that patients are kept in the hallways in makeshift uh, beds. And he says, oh, that's because the conservative government cut the budget for the health system. Oh, gosh, silly me, you know. <laughs> what do I know? Uh, how much money would be enough for the medical system uh, managed by the government? There's not enough money in the world. Look what happened to our uh, school system. We rate number 16 and we spend most mon more money than any other nation in the world. That's what happens when the uh, government is involved. Uh, another Canadian fellow said that uh, he had a, a problem with the fact that the uh, U.S. medical system is for profit. And he told me he went to the doctor and it cost him zero. And I said, yeah, you're right. Uh, I copay, my copay is $25. But tell me, what happens if you need an MRI after you visit your doctor? Well, she said, yeah, you have to wait a month. But if you want it the same day, you pay $1,000. Is that so? After I see my doctor, I said, I need an MRI, and if I need an MRI, he sends it to another floor the same day and get the MRI, and it costs me zero. He didn't get it. He couldn't see the difference between if the profit uh, took away his, his, uh, his how to say, his uh, reason. So anyway, that's how it ends. I'm glad uh, when I talk to them, I try to point out certain things. Sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't get it. Now, the free tuition. The whole thing about the free tuition is very simple. Who is going to pay for anybody to take college classes in, let's say, gender studies, social studies, philosophy, poetry? You yeah, know, exactly. Who's going to who's going to pay yeah. to to take those those useless Ex classes? Well, you know what, gender exactly. studies. 
gender studies are something we all do as teenagers in high school. And we, uh, and, us, and us boys, we try to figure out, hey, you know, what's the reaction to a girl when I say this? Oh, I blew that one. Okay, I'll be, I won't use that one on the next girl. And, uh, you know, there's this birds in the bee thing that, that God put in all of us that uh, yes. has, been, has been working for, for uh, centuries. And people think that the government needs to pay for this and we need to go to college for that. And it's ridiculous. Hey, anyway, we're, 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 uh, one, one we're, more thing. One more thing I like hey, to go say. Ahead. The, the, people, the people who will pay for that are the people who are not going to the college. The hardworking people, you know, plumbing, welders, uh, driving, uh, digging trenches, cooking, and, and so on. Those are the people that are going to pay for it. For these people who have free education in superfluous information. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, uh, Mitt, we're we're wrapping up wrapping up uh, our uh, our time clock here. Um, I always appreciate talking to you because you have a, such a unique a unique perspective from anybody that I know that uh, on socialism, and I appreciate this. So I hope we can call you back and have you have you come back on the show again. Of course, anytime, anytime you want. And if okay, you want to explain more about why Hitler was a socialist, I'll be more than glad to. We'll we'll take a we'll take a whole other show on that one. Thank you. Okay, Mitt. Thanks for thanks for coming on the main event, and we will uh, talk to you again real soon. Thank you. Hey, that's all the time I have for this uh, this half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercial, and sports, and we'll be right back with part two. this week lean on me supposed to be the uh supposed to be the theme song of the coronavirus but i don't know if i really uh get the connection there because we're supposed to keep six feet away so how do we lean on each other if we're supposed to keep six feet away so uh anyway so that's uh bill withers who we lost this week uh, i thought about using this other song but i thought i'd save it i thought i'd save the the full-on effect for january when the Republicans take back the House and the and the House representatives will be will play be play, uh, singing this song. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when so, uh, she's gone. So ain't no sunshine when she's gone. I don't talk about uh, real estate and finance on this show very often, but before I get into everything that's going on this week that I haven't talked about uh, so far, is. Uh, the interest rates are finally are finally settling down. So the you were seeing the interest rates starting to come down, come down, come down. If you're interested in in buying a house, or if you're interested in refinancing a house that you already own, now's the time to inquire. Uh, 
Call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. You know, whether you're looking to refinance, the rates are really, really good. Um, If you're concerned about how uh, liquid you are for the, uh, uh, for being quarantined, or if you're, if you're, if you're afraid of losing it, maybe you want to pull out a little bit of money to, to make sure that you're, uh, that you're liquid enough to withstand any kind of temporary, uh, because, you know, $1,200 a, 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 an adult and $500 per kid, a one-time thing is not going to solve the problems. I think that was a big waste of money. I think they should have just, uh, funded the companies and, and demanded that the companies kept their employees uh paid um or else they don't get the or else they don't get the loans um but i think that would have been a a smarter thing but you know who am i i'm just a clear thinking american republican i don't uh i don't i'm not one of the house of representatives i'm not a i'm not a congressperson i'm not a senator and uh and i'm still married because of that so all good all good so um if you don't want to call me uh to talk about refinancing go to edhoffman.net click on the summit funding logo and put in how much information you want and uh how much you want back and i will get to you or i'll email you or call you or do whatever so anyway let's talk about what's going on in this country this week uh coronavirus is about everything that's taking over you know what i think about we're in the middle of an election season and no one's having any elections i wonder what's going on with all those states that are supposed to be having primaries and isn't there uh upcoming democratic national uh, convention coming up I wonder uh I wonder how that's gonna go down. I think Biden I think uh I know they delayed it a month till August. So um I think Biden just wants Sanders just to drop out and Sanders doesn't want to drop out. And there's too many uh, socialists uh, that need to listen to the first half of my show um that still think uh Bernie's the right guy. So uh and Biden Biden is dementia Joe. So I don't know, I don't know uh what I don't think we have anything to worry about, but let's not put our guard down. We need to make sure and show up and vote for Trump. So anyway, and we need to talk talk some sense in it because we also heard that uh, people that don't watch Fox or don't listen to the main event or don't uh, don't actually pay attention aren't getting aren't getting the whole story of what's going on like the people in England are. So that like the people in England aren't. Let me put it that way. So anyway, California is now among the states with the most deaths due to the coronavirus with 213 deaths. This is probably a couple of days old as of uh, the time you hear this show. Uh, uh, other states in the, with the most de- deaths include, and I think these numbers were effective on Wednesday or Thursday, um, Washington, 253, Louisiana, 313, Michigan, 336, New Jersey, 355. And as you know, New York is now the epicenter with a tragic almost coming up on 3,000 deaths. And of course, because uh, everybody's so in, uh, they're so they live so close together in apartments, and uh, I'd call them tenements. Some some of those places, and uh, you know they they're not they're used to being in crowded subways and crowded uh, crowded streets and crowded everything. There's not really uh, much uh, ability to social distance for for people that are still working. And here's some grim news from Governor Gavin Newsom, who gets a pass right now because he's a uh, he seems to be. I say doing a decent job. I'd say he's not. He's at least he's being respectful to our president. In the last four days, we have seen a doubling of the number of hospitalizations related to COVID nineteen. We've also seen a tripling of the number of ICU patients in our system. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, he's he's given the grim the grim news. Um, 
I'm quarantined. I'm quarantined in my in my secret bunker, so maybe I'm not as uh, connected with it as I as I should uh, as I should be. No, as I could be. I'm supposed to be quarantined. I'm following the law. Not all is hopeless here. As the president said, he and Newsom are working well together, even though we have high numbers. Even though we have high numbers, Do- Dr. Deborah Burke said this week that California is playing a playing a role in flattening the curve nationally because we actually uh, are quarantining. Presumably, that's because Newsom was one of the first governors to issue the stay-at-home order. Florida, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and other states where cases are climbing had no stay-at-home order until this week. If you're wondering how many cases are uh, are are there are in your, in your own community, we've got numbers for the Inland Empire. Um, I just give a few in San Bernardino County. Rancho Cucamonga has 14. Redlands has 10 cases. Ukaipa has 53 because there's a uh, nursing home out there. They're all in that same nursing home. Um, let's see. All the rest of the things are twos and threes and uh, ones. Uh, Hesperia four. Uh, Victorville seven. Um, Chino Hills eight. You guys need to stay apart out in Chino, Chino Hills. Um, most of them are a little small in, in Riverside County, uh, Cathedral City has 10, Corona has 21. Well, where else? Corona has the coronavirus. Even if they're not sick, they got the coronavirus. Uh, Eastvale 14, Indio 20, La Quinta 14, Lake Elsinore 10, Menifee 13, Temecula 21. So Temecula and Marietta, they're right next to each other. Um, oh, I said, I said Menifee, didn't I? Marietta's 14, 14 for in Temecula right next door. Marino Valley, 29. Man, we're the biggest. What the heck? Uh, Marietta, 14. Uh, Palm Desert, 21. Palm Springs, 31. Rancho Mirage, 13. Riverside, 30. So you guys uh, keep your distance. Keep your distance out there and stay healthy. We just att- passed a $2 trillion stimulus bill to fight the virus. President Trump has sent the Mercy ships to the Port of Los Angeles and the New York Harbor. So you got the Mercy in uh, Los Angeles and you got the Comfort in New York uh, to uh, ease some of the pressure on the hospitals out there. And he's uh, he got them there ahead of schedule, but not everyone in the media is satisfied. Exhibit A, Rachel Maddow, who's eating her words now uh, a week, eating her words this week because she mocked the president's promise on the ship's arrival. And there is no sign that the Navy hospital ships that the president made such a big deal of, the Comfort and the Mercy, uh, there's no sign that they'll be anywhere on site helping out anywhere in the country for weeks yet. The president said when he announced that those ships would be put into action against the COVID-19 epidemic, he said one of those ships would be operational in New York Harbor by next week. That's nonsense. It will not be there next week. Well, that was uh, 10 days later when the Comfort Comfort pulled up in uh, New York Harbor and the Mercy pulled up in Los An- in the Port of Los Angeles. Um, so uh, she's eating her words now. And if you listen to uh, to Rachel Maddow, she is repulsive. She is rep- she is just she is an angry horse faced lesbian to quote Michael Bloomberg. So anyway, uh, but she's out there. They're talking about it. If you listen to CNN, you listen to uh, PMS, NBC, they're talking about how repulsive it is. What Trump is saying, having his uh, his press conferences every day about uh, for the update on the coronavirus, and this is misinformation, and they shouldn't hold this. They should just use snippets. They shouldn't be showing these things live because it's giving the people misinformation. It's amazing. It's amazing. Trump is being a leader. Trump is out there trying to keep the country calm. And hey, 
we'll get through this. It's not going to last forever. We're trying to do this. He's doing everything a president should be doing in my eyes. I know that maybe everybody doesn't see it through my eyes, uh, but they should because everybody's entitled to their opinion and everybody's entitled to mine as well. So uh, everybody should have the same opinion as me. And Trump is, uh, in my opinion right now, is, is going to turn out to be the greatest president in the history of our country. Of course, I won't be here for the whole history of our country, but uh, as I understand, I put him, uh, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's when things are going wrong is when you see the, the power of a leader and, uh, you know, the talent, talent of leadership. Then there's Chuck Todd, who decided to exploit the crisis when interviewing uh, Joe Biden on Meet the Press. And to his credit, to his credit this time, Biden didn't take the bait. Let's set aside President Trump's rhetoric. Is there an action he has not taken that you would be taking right now if you were president? You know, your campaign put out your in a critique of, of President Trump and says if he doesn't do these things, you know, he could he could cost lives. Do you think there's already do you think there is blood on the president's hands considering the slow response? I think that's a little too harsh. Yeah, it's a little too harsh. And uh, we probably would have played the rest, but um, it probably didn't make any sense. And uh, and to illustrate that. Uh, Biden was on uh, Jimmy Fallon, the Tonight Show, uh, this uh, Wednesday, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was whatever. It's Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, he made he made some pretty uh, nonsensical comments like this. And in order to avoid that, those very high numbers, we have to do at least several things. One, we have to uh, depend on what the president's going to do right now. And first of all, he has to uh, tell, uh, uh, wait till the cases before anything happens. Look, the whole idea is he's got to get in place things that were shortages of. I, I did insist. I, I suggested that we should have people in China at the outset of this event. And when, when it all started in Luhan province. Luhan province? Did they change the name of Wuhan to Luhan? Uh, and did any of that else make sense? Let's play it one more time. Listen really carefully. Listen really carefully and, and see if he actually completes a whole sentence. And in order to avoid that, those very high numbers, we have to do at least several things. One, we have to uh, depend on what the president's going to do right now. And first of all, he has to uh, tell, uh, uh, wait till the cases before anything happens. Look, the whole idea is he's got to get in place things that were shortages of. I, I did insist. I, I suggested that we should have people in China at the outset of this event. And when, when it all started in Luhan province. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of a little Mr. Magoo guy. Uh, if, if for those of you that are old enough to remember Mr. Magoo, he just can't see and doesn't know what's going on. And that's kind of, can you imagine? Can you guys imagine what? That what would be going on if we had Joe Biden in the White House right now? We got we got a uh, drug drug people trying to come over the the southern border and get in while everybody's while nobody's paying attention. We've got uh, Iran plotting to uh, attack our guys in Iraq. You got uh, you got the coronavirus. You got the economy. The people are out of work. We uh, went up to six point six million new unemployment uh, claims this week. Um, what else can we do? And it's and it's inspiring. It's inspiring to see all the companies that are stepping up. Then uh, the the car companies are making uh, ventilators. Uh, the My Pillow guys are making uh, masks. 
and uh, and uh, you know everybody except for GM and of course 3M is making masks and uh, making making the normal uh, N95 masks. I think they're called N95s, the the surgical masks that the medical people use. And apparently, we found out this week that um, they're making them and they don't sell them to anybody. They only they have to be sold through their distributors, and the distributors are getting higher bids to ship them to other countries. And, uh, and so there's, there's millions of these masks that are being manufactured by 3M going to their distributors and the distributors are selling them to Italy and, and China and wherever else they're going. And, uh, and it's sad to see that. It's sad to see that. I hope, uh, I hope, uh, somehow they turn that around and uh, join join the crew and i and i can't even remember the list of all the all the companies that are are doing the kentucky fried chicken uh sent a million pieces of chicken to their distributors for their for their stores to to share with the people that are that that need it um there's a there's a whole bunch i should have had i should have had a list on this stuff it's it's inspiring it's like seeing uh september 12th 2001 to see everybody come together Everybody except for the Democrats. Democrats can't seem to come together. Um, they want to, They're already talking. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is already talking about the fourth, the fourth relief bill that has to go through, and how we, you know, no one's gotten their check from the third relief bill, the two trillion dollars worth. Nobody's gotten their checks yet, and uh, to relieve that, and uh, she's already talking about a fourth. And remember, the the two trillion dollar bill was held up for a week. Because Nancy Pelosi wanted abortion money in there, and they wanted money for the for the uh, National Endowment for the Arts. She wanted money to remodel the Kennedy Center, and uh, now they're talking about what they're going to get on the next one for the Green New Deal, and uh, and they're they're just trying to, uh, you know, as as Trump has his guys putting out the fire and uh, and trying to save the people, uh, Pelosi and and Schumer and all the Democrats are sneaking in the back door. Trying to steal all the, steal all the merchandise in there, and uh, it's it's amazing. And now you got now you got a uh, shifty Schiff. Adam Schiff wants to start a, a commission to investigate how the coronavirus thing was held. We, you know, it's he doesn't he hasn't he hasn't been on TV for about a month. We missed him, not, but he has to he has to uh, you know put in his his efforts towards do anything we can to investigate the president. You know, at some point, I hope the people of Burbank are Burbank and uh, and uh, Santa Clarita, not Santa Clarita, but La Cañada and and Tahunga and the 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 area out there. I hope you guys are tuning in to and paying attention to Eric Early, who's running against Schiff. He's an attorney. He runs a whole big uh, law office. I've met the guy. Uh, Scott interviewed him on my week off uh, at Christmas time uh, new, at New Year, our New Year's show. Um, and here's a guy that needs to be replacing Adam Schiff because he needs to be replacing Adam Schiff. And we need to get rid of this guy. We need to get rid of, uh, we got to get rid of him. We got to get rid of Nancy Pelosi. We got to get rid of, uh, Maxine Waters. And, uh, hopefully the people of New York are smart enough to get rid of Schumer and, uh, and Nadler. Uh, I don't really have much hope in that, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping. I, uh, say my prayers at night and I say, Hey, please help somebody beat. Jerry Nadler, Chuck Schumer, and uh, and don't forget about Ocasio Cortez, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Can somebody take her out of her seat? And how about the 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 Elon Omar and 
Rashida Tlaib and get and get rid of them too. I mean, what's wrong with this country? So anyway, let's talk about what let's talk about all the stuff that's going on. Uh, what we're also hearing on TV this week, this week and last week, I think it was. No one's getting more attention this week than New York Governor Andrew Cuomo since New York became the epicenter of the virus and since he decided to start doing his morning updates and everybody's carrying it live every minute of it, but CNN and MSNBC don't think we should carry the president. Hmm. Cuomo has received all kinds of media praise, including requests that he enter the presidential race since only 24% of the Democrats say they're very enthusiastic about Biden. Why would they be? So here's some of the headlines. Washington Post put on, Cuomo could be the leader the Democratic Party and nation desperately need. I think Trump is. Uh, ABC News, draft Cuomo 2020, groundswell emerges amid New York governor's coronavirus response. NPR, National Public Radio, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo takes the spotlight in coronavirus response. What happened to those uh, 23 people that ran for the... uh, that ran for the nomination. They had a few people on there with brains, didn't they? But now we push them all aside to go for Bernie and Biden. And now all the Democrats got out to push them aside for Biden because they think Biden can win, but they don't care if Biden has the, has the mental capacity to lead this country. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm not that impressed with, uh, with Andrew Cuomo. He's not his dad, Mario Cuomo. Uh, and nor is his brother. Even uh, President Trump has said Cuomo would make a good opponent, considering who Democrats have right now. I wouldn't mind running against Andrew. I know Andrew for a long time. I wouldn't mind that. But I'll be honest, I think he'd be a better candidate than uh, Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. I call him Dementia Joe. So because uh, he's clearly he's clearly losing it. And am I the only one who's noticing it? I don't think so. But I hope the I hope the Democrats. I, I just can't, I just, I'm anxious to watch the Democratic convention, uh, which I don't usually watch. I watch the highlights of it, but I'm anxious to see how he gets up there and does his big acceptance of the nomination and hear what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, demented sentences he's going to have and, you know, dis, dis, disconnected and everyone's going to be sitting in the audience going, what, what, what did he just say? Huh? So anyway, uh, Cuomo has been on TV on our TVs all week long for the last couple of weeks, uh, not just in on uh, on his press conference, which I've, which have been aired in uh, in full on CNN and Fox as well, but also his brother Chris Cuomo's show on CNN. Here are some of the more amusing exchanges. Uh, with all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Tell the audience. No, no, no. You won't answer. No, I answered. The answer is no. No, you're not thinking about it? Sometimes it's one word. I said no. Have you thought about it? No. Are you open to thinking about it? No. Might you think about it at some point? No. How can you know what you might think about at some point right now? Because I know what I might think about and what I won't think about. But you're a great interviewer, by the way. But this week, Chris Cuomo announced he was diagnosed with coronavirus, and that's when Andrew started making the morning press conference, not just about New York, but about the Cuomo family. Apparently, uh, there's a disagreement about where mom should uh, should live while this is going on, and the whole nation needs to know about it. 
My brother, that was two weeks ago. If my brother still had my mother at his house, and my mother wanted to be at the house anyway, by the way, she didn't want to be sitting at home in an apartment. Uh, so she would have been doing what she wanted to do. He would have been doing what he wanted to do. It would have seemed great and harmless, but now we'd have a much different situation. If he was exposed, chances are she may very well have been exposed. And then we would be looking at a different situation than just my brother sitting in his basement. Two weeks with my mother and Christopher. Today is a very different situation. And as the week went on, Cuomo continued to make it about his family, and it took on a much grimmer tone. How's this for presidential? We're talking about my, my brother. We're talking about my little brother. And it's frightening because there's nothing I can do, and I'm out of control, and there's nobody who can tell me, and Dr. Zucker can't tell me anything, and Tony Fauci can't tell me anything because nobody really knows. It is frightening, and it is unknown. And it is threatening and it is scary and people are dying. And as for Chris, he continues to broadcast his show from his basement while infected with the virus and continuing to mischaracterize the president's handling of the crisis. This president and vice president can keep saying how much they're testing, but it's not enough. It's not even close. And they know it. And they can say that anyone who wants a test can get one. And they know that's BS. Because you and I both know that we know people in our lives who can't get tested. And when they do get tested, they can't get results until they're already over the illness. Well, he doesn't seem to really be uh, suffering. He seems to be able to complete sentences and he's not breathing hard. So uh, what is this? Does he really have it? I don't know. Hey, anyway, uh, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event, folks. Stay safe. Stay six feet apart. Keep your sanity. This won't last forever. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman. I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.